back to episode 13 of Hedging Happiness. I hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving, a great Thanksgiving day with delicious food, football on their televisions throughout the day. I know I certainly had a great Thanksgiving. I'm sure Luke did as well. This episode, we're going to recap all those football games as well. We have a lot of news to update with college football, the whole college football playoff, the coaching carousel, conference championship weekend, and then the snake draft of best Christmas decorations. Luke, happy Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Watched a lot of football, tailgated a lot. Uh, Feels like I needed a vacation from the vacation after Thanksgiving is over. That's how every good Thanksgiving is, is you almost feel like you need more time off to recover from all the food that you've had, too much wine that you've drank, and too much football you've consumed. I still don't think that's a real thing, too much football consumed, but I think when you combine it with all the food and the wine, it certainly does not hurt to take a Monday night football off. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Because I'll tell you what, I did not watch any of that Monday night football. I mean, what a, what a boring game. So It was perfect, but I, I needed a break from football, and that was a perfect game to take a break from. But boy, was there a lot of news going on. We'll get into the whole coaching carousel in a bit, but let's kind of recap some of this Thanksgiving weekend. Obviously, we talked some of the NFL games you know what, they're kind of relatively boring games. The Lions almost squeaked out their first win. The Cowboys, I don't know, maybe they are they might be like the biggest frauds in the NFL. They certainly didn't look great. And then the Bills, they just completely destroyed the Saints. They have way too, Saints have way too many injuries. I don't think we could have quite been more wrong about that game. Obviously, when you have that many injuries playing in the Dome, it, it doesn't matter. They, they did not have a single chance that game. And then lastly, we had Mississippi, Lane Kiffin, taking care of business in the Egg Bowl. All in all, probably not the best Thanksgiving football games. I think there was, you know, the Cowboys game was close, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter about the quality of games that we saw. It's the, it's just the, the tradition of that day, Be, watching football at noon or whenever it starts, wherever time zone you're in, and just eating turkey, drinking wine. It's it's going to be a great day no matter what, even though the football games were not all that great. I could make an arg- two things. I could make an argument that on Thanksgiving, you don't really want close football games because you're doing so many other things that you don't want to be stuck to the TV. That wasn't really the case for the Lions-Bills games because the, the ending where I usually complain about getting unlucky this way, but it looked like the... Bears are going to score a touchdown to to cover, and then they like kneel it on the three yard line a couple times. And I mean, me and my family are going nuts because we all took the Lions. But another interesting thing that I found out that I had to navigate this was the first Thanksgiving that my fiance and I had spent together, and I think it was Friday afternoon. I started hearing, "Are we going to watch football all weekend long?" And I'm like babe, this is just the beginning. We got a big day tomorrow. We're tailgating. We got, we're going to have you know, games on screens. We're going to be at games. The game's going to be over. We're going to come back and watch games. And then we have NFL. I'm, I'm doing well in fantasy. Like This is Thanksgiving. So a, a new dynamic that I wasn't fully prepared for, but you know, came out semi-unscathed. That's always good. Welcome to the Mishu family, Aaron. That is uh, something that you're going to have to get used to. Um, it's a tough. It's a. It's a tough. Thanksgiving Day is a really tough day to compromise. I think the good thing about that is usually you're spending it with you know a fair amount of family. So the the females or the guys or whoever doesn't who whoever doesn't want to watch football all day, they will mingle. But then you have the the people that want to watch football all day, and they, they, that's okay because you can't because there's enough people where you know you don't have to entertain. People will entertain themselves based on what they want to do, which is why that Thursday Thanksgiving Day is perfect for for both kind of parties. 
uh, the people who don't want to watch football and the people who do want to watch strictly football. Real quick, on that day, you and I both went, we had the same picks. We went one and three, and then Mike ended up going three and one. So a solid showing for Mike. At least we had a per, uh, guy in the green in, in uh, this week. So that was good to see. But really, the shakeup in college football happened on Saturday. And boy, could we, we, again, we could not have been more wrong all year about this game. And this game, it's Ohio State at Michigan. 42-27 to Michigan. And this was a classic, what felt just like a classic Ohio State-Michigan rivalry game. You turn the game on, it's snowing, there's a bunch of buzz, pretty much winner, winner has a chance at the Big Ten Championship, which pretty much has a big uh, chance at making the college football because both teams on paper should have beat Wisconsin or Iowa. It turned out it, it, it was Iowa with, with uh, Wisconsin losing. But this game, I don't know. Wow, Ohio State just got absolutely bullied. Michigan played classic Jim Harbaugh football, run it down their throats, and just bullied Ohio State start to finish. The halftime score, I think it was like 13-10. to 10. Shouldn't have been that close. Second half, they pulled away. Michigan looked really, really good, and Ohio State looked vulnerable. They could not stop the run, and Michigan, they didn't waver. They just kept running the football, and it opened up some open passes, and the quarterback hit them, and congrats to Michigan. I'm going to give them a round of applause here. Congrats, Michigan. Monkey off the back, I'm sure. I mean, that, that's a job-saving win by Jim, from Jim Harbaugh right there. Oh, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm walking back into the AD's office and demanding some sort of extension. He has, he has all the leverage in the world. And on top of that, we'll get into it later. The coaching cert, or the coaching carousel is a total shit show. And so the last thing Michigan wants to do is get into a tangle with you know Oklahoma or uh, Notre Dame to try and find a coach. He has so much leverage. I'm sure he's just happy that he got the monkey off his back. But yeah, Michigan by all accounts, should be in the college football playoff as if they don't choke against Iowa. But we'll, uh, we'll see. The, um, the other game, and I didn't get to watch this one close, but was Oklahoma State against Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State took care of business. It, it's not necessarily the scoreline that I would have expected with an Oklahoma State win. I would have expected something much lower scoring, more typical of Oklahoma State's season up to this point but they they found a way and and now they have to play a a Baylor team in the Big 12 championship that should be interesting but I think they're sort of in a win and in situation so those are the two big games I don't know do you want to shift to talking college football playoff ranking update so with the college football playoff update we had the rankings come out yesterday we're recording here on Wednesday and really, there weren't a ton of surprises. We've got number one, Georgia, two, Michigan, three, Alabama, four, Cincinnati, five, Oklahoma State, and six, Notre Dame. So really, people could kind of expect Michigan moving up to two with a, a monster win against Ohio State. And Oklahoma State, I guess if you were to say if there was kind of a surprise, it would be that they jumped Notre Dame. But I think they deserve it. It's a, it was a top 10 win against a rival. Their, their resume looks sharp so far. So it was pretty much how every like how everything turned out was pretty much to be expected. I don't know if you have do you have any thoughts on that cuz I I I'm going to get some things off my chest with everything but if you have any thoughts speak them now. I think that if if Georgia wins, which if everything happens as it should happen, Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Cincinnati wins and Oklahoma State wins that it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. But my, my, my question to you is going to be, if you're Georgia and you're looking at the, the five teams below you, who, who do you, outside of, say they beat Bama, so the four teams below them, rank the teams that you would want to play in order? Doesn't matter. You think you it's it, just, for Georgia, it's, like it doesn't matter. All these teams are comparable enough. So I think Michigan, 
Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame are all relatively comparable, and they're just not on that level of Georgia. So I don't even think it matters. I think that the, the what does matter is that fourth spot because then you don't have to get embarrassed the first game. You can at least have a chance at winning the, the semifinal game if you're a two or three seed, and then you'll get embarrassed in the national championship. But that's okay. At least you're playing for one. I guess if I had to, you know, can't cop out and say it doesn't matter – if I'm Georgia, the teams that I would want to play, I would say Cincinnati. I would say Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Michigan, in that order. And I think I, go I ahead. think Cincinnati just doesn't have enough athletes. Now they might be the best coach team that's remaining of those teams. I don't know. I, I think Fickle's good. They've had these. Yeah, co- you would coach, say that. <laughs> best best coach to potentially most experience. Like the group that they have been together. If Fickle. That makes sense. Fickle's always been your guy, right? Always believed in Fickle. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll, we we will get into Mr. Fickle coming up. But that's that's what I have. I just don't think they would. Ha- they don't have the recruits. They don't have the talent. They've got the experience, but at the end of the day, they won't be able to keep up with it, with what Georgia has. Honestly, like none of these teams really com- recruit outside of Alabama at a high level, and that is such a huge issue if you're going to go play against Georgia. And and the other part that makes it less exciting is these teams are your like well balanced, good offense, good defense teams, and I. You're not going to out-well-balance Georgia, right? You're not going to catch... They're, they're so much better than every other well-balanced team out there that they're going to crush them. So I think, like you said, if they beat Bama, which they should, it's going to be... I, I bet no spread is within, God, like 10 points. Unless Michigan does something crazy in the semifinal game and just crushes a team. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like 17 each game just because that's Nuts. how good they've been. Or maybe the first game will be 14, and that's going to be if, – if it's 10 to 14, you take Georgia, it's going to be very similar to what we saw LSU do to Oklahoma a couple years ago. Because none of these teams, like Notre Dame – Notre Dame's the best team they've played at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is Notre Dame. Uh, Oklahoma State is Baylor. Like, none of these teams Baylor, have played no. in that – Yeah, none of these teams have played in the SEC. They have, they have no idea the juggernaut that they're about to go up against. It's just going to be – a total, they're going to be totally shell shocked, I think, except for maybe Michigan, who you know could be up for the game. But Michigan feels like a poor man's Georgia potentially. So, yeah, that's a good way to put it. They rely on really good defense. They do have a stud. What's his name? Hutchinson, something like that. On the defensive, defensive end. end. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's really good. But georgia has about five of those guys <laughs> yeah. and even even their freshmen are those guys which is just it's very very scary so we we kind of alluded to it the coaching carousel what a week what a week so we've throughout this year we've kind of alluded to you know how crazy this off season will be with some of the coaching spots or some of the the programs that have vacancies and this past week it was just like the ultimate flip-flop like craziness. And, you know, what we have here is we have Lincoln Riley going to USC for a ton of money, and we have Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU. And so we knew LSU and, excuse me, LSU and USC were open. So we figured some big-time coaches, you know, that were at maybe little smaller schools would take those jobs leaving you know two of the big big schools off the list well what happened was we have two of the biggest names going from two monster schools to these programs now leaving up another two huge vacancies at big time programs so that it was all crazy what are, what are your thoughts on this whole thing so first also Florida hired Billy Napier, but it's actually really funny you didn't mention it because that's how small of a move it appears to be now. Like Florida totally screwed the pooch on this. It is such a boring move. And if I'm a Florida fan, I am livid that I couldn't get somebody better than Billy Napier. He may be the best, but in terms of a hire today, what a underwhelming hire. 
The next is Lincoln Riley and I put Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly's moves like I see them as exact opposites. Lincoln Riley has like a a a feels like deteriorating Oklahoma team that isn't performing as well as it has and is moving to the SEC and potentially sees that as a very difficult place to recruit kids to. Like you're not it's going to be very difficult for him to recruit in the southeast up to Oklahoma when there are like pretty very little ties. So he what he does is he moves to USC to where he has no should have no problem recruiting. He's far away from the SEC. I saw their schedule next year. It should be very easy for them to make the playoff. And I contrast that against Brian Kelly who like between him and LSU both big dick moves. Like Brian Kelly is running into the SEC like full steam ahead where the fight is to take it on, take it on. He was set at Notre Dame. And I saw an interview with Jack Schwarberg, Notre Dame's AD. Brian Kelly didn't even go to Jack Schwarberg and say, match this. Is that true? I don't know. But if that's true, then I, I love it even more from him because he he was all in on trying to make a name for himself. And I I also wonder if Brian Kelly started to realize, or he may have realized it long before, that Notre Dame is is not going to win a national championship right now. Like, in the current college football playoff landscape. It's just too hard to get kids there. It's too hard to get the best recruits. It's cold. It's It's got academic, high academic standards, which limits recruiting ability. So... I guess all in all, I love it from LSU and Notre Dame's perspective. I think Lincoln Riley is a total wuss. USC, great hire. And now you have Oklahoma and ND looking. And this brings us back to our friend Fickle, who <laughs> I'm going to kick it back to you. What? Because that's the guy, right? That's that's what they've said they're waiting for. What? What? How do you feel about Luke Fickle being Notre Dame's next head coach? Yeah, well, first I'll, I'll talk about Kelly leaving because I'm obviously a very big Notre Dame fan. And while there's a ton of Notre Dame fans that are super, super pissed off because of how he left and why would he leave, you know, at the end of the day, he leaves because he thinks he can go win a national championship at LSU. Good for him, right? He gets his money. Good for him. I think at the end of the day, when you, you throw all your feelings aside, Brian Kelly put Notre Dame in a much better spot than when he got here. Their program is in a very, very comfortable position to not take really any steps backwards. Brian Kelly is a phenomenal coach. He coached very well at Notre Dame. But I think they're going to be okay. So the next, it brings me to the next candidate, right? Because now they need to fill this void. And what they've talked about really is two options. They have Luke Fickle, the head coach at Cincinnati, and they have the current defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman. And if you ask me, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I, it's tough right now because Freeman is like the sexy hire. He's the young guy that he's done really well. He's turned I – mean, Notre Dame's defense has been really, really good as of late. He can recruit apparently with the best of them. And I think that right there is the, the selling point with, with Freeman – is the fact that he can recruit with the best of them. And as you kind of alluded to, the reason Kelly kind of left is because they weren't getting the guys to to really compete for a national championship. Yes, at Notre Dame, you can make a college football playoff, but the chances of winning have been relatively slim, if, you, if you're realistic with it. Their recruiting classes have gotten better, and since Freeman took over, they've gotten some really good guys. So that's the case for Freeman. It's just really risky because he has no head coach experience. And that it, it really is a flyer. We're fickle. He's had he's done really well at Cincinnati. Two really good seasons. He had an interim season at Ohio State, which went extremely poorly. But when was that? Was that right after Urban? Or was that oh. before Urban? I, I honestly am not sure. I can't even remember. But he had a bad season at Ohio State, and that – I think whatever you throw that aside, he's done really well at Cincinnati. It's he such seems a like a 
Dude, it's such a different, like, Notre Dame, it's perceived to be a top five coaching job, right? And if you're a top five coaching job, you're doing what USC did. You're doing what LSU did. Now, they got blindsided, but, like, hiring a non-Power 5 coach to Notre Dame or hiring a an assistant coach with no head coaching experience, like, just feels like a disaster and like luke fickle like what brand of football is he right he's like a defensive guy like clearly except for georgia this year that hasn't been the case for like the last five years i just think these these options and through no fault of their own really they got put in this situation unknowingly but like these options are no bueno yeah and it's hard because they could get a few guys that they could try to go after but with Notre Dame's brand, it's hard because, you know, you could really make a case at Lane Kiffin, but, like, how well is Lane no Kiffin going to work at Notre Dame? There's no chance. You could make a run at Urban Meyer, who I believe was assistant way back in the day, but with all of his, you know, baggage these days, no chance. They're not going to do that. So, Notre, yeah, Dame needs to, Notre Dame needs to stop having their nose in the air at the rest of college football and join the rest of us who aren't afraid to, you know, put some money in McDonald's bags and, and hand it out to players. You need, you honestly need to shake up the Notre Dame image some. Like, Lane Kiffin, I, I think, would never take that job. But, like, that's not a bad guy. I get, like, you don't want the baggage and you don't like his tweeting or, like, whatever. But, like, you need a reason to get kids to come play at Notre Dame. And Fickle is, in my opinion, definitely not that guy. And, like, Marcus Freeman... Like it's it's it'd be so easy to recruit against these guys, right? You're like, this guy's never been a head coach ever, and this guy just went from a power five school to Notre Dame. Like, come play for me. Like, twenty teams could recruit against them. You know what name that I've heard that hasn't been getting a lot of traction that I really like? Let me let me think. Is it a name I should know? It's a name you for sure know, um, but it's maybe not one that you will think of. Is it from the NFL? Correct. It's not okay. So, but the guys would be like Kingsbury, which would be no, right? No. Is it like Pete Carroll? Not Pete Carroll. Is it which conference? NFC. God, which team is struggling in the NFC? Is it like Nagy or something like that? Is it a struggling team? I would say they're oh, struggling. Oh, 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 it's uh Joe Joe Brady. So Joe Brady would be an absolute home run. I don't think he's going to get to Notre Dame. That name hasn't been thrown out, but it is Joe Brady's head coach, Matt Rule, that used to coach Baylor. I think he would be But he's at the he's the good. head coach of the Carolina Panthers like and they're fine. They're not like in a dumpster fire. No, they're not, but if he just doesn't seem to enjoy NFL, it's a name that just got thrown around. It's 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 certainly worth a call. Oh, dude, if if you're Notre Dame, you're calling everyone, which is like, it's not a good look by any means when you're you're doing the shotgun approach and you're a top five, perceived to be a top five program, but... I think you have to. Yeah, you got, I mean, man, you are... I am just very happy to not be on the other side of this coaching's carousel this year, finally. I'm not saying we're out of the woods, like Oklahoma's... Oklahoma's still, still looking, but... Man, I would be if 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 Josh Heupel goes to Oklahoma, there's I'm no done, chance. I'm done with the podcast. I'm done. I'm done with football. Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna become they, a big video game guy. They fired him for Riley, didn't they? Yeah. The issue with the issue with Oklahoma and and Heupel is that like Bob Stoops is perceived. This is what I'm reading on the message boards. Bob Stoops is perceived to be still have his hand in everything. Oklahoma football and Bob Stoops was the one who fired Heupel because of a conflict of coaching methodology basically so then I think Heupel was associate head or associate assistant or associate offensive coordinator they fire him they hire Lincoln Riley boom but yeah I'm not worried no I wouldn't be worried either I think it's I think they have a lot of beef so I don't think there's anything to worry about I've heard names there too, and and names that like could be in the Notre Dame circles, like Brent Venables, the DC at uh, Clemson. But like, ugh, what an underwhelming hire! Also, you know, like that name. He used to have a hot name, 
But now I'm just like, Brent, who, who wants this like defensive guy? You, you need an offensive guy. I would take Venables. Yeah, I know you would because you're, you're scrambling now. No, I would absolutely take Venables. He was a D coordinator at OU, which is why he's been linked back, you know, with OU. No head coaching I, experience. It, it would be better than Marcus Freeman, I think. I think Venables, I mean, what's been good about Clemson this year? Their defense. They have, it, they have an awesome defense. In the ACC. They played Georgia to 10 points, and seven of those was a pick six. It's I early. get it, but I understand that, but like, Look, Notre Dame can't be picky in this situation. No, I don't think they can. I think they can. They could potentially find a bridge for like a bridge coach. It's very difficult to do that, but I don't know. We'll see. I have a question. There's a lot to find out. This this hinges on one of my what I would call like off balance sheet bets that I have just with friends, and the bet is that Tennessee will win a national championship before Notre Dame. Right. And like Tennessee's in obviously rebuilding Notre Dame who like before yesterday or before two days ago, Notre Dame was like I in my opinion very good but never gonna win. Now if I had a let's say I had a ten percent chance of winning for argument's sake, what does that improve to now that Brian Kelly left and the coaches that you're hearing are on the horizon? Ten percent to and, and throw in Tennessee's, you know, how Tennessee looked this year. Yeah, I mean, it decreases for sure, but it also could go, like, it could go a different way. You don't know. Like, you just don't know. More likely than not, it sounds like it's not, like, it, they're going to have to find their footing. But the, what if they took a flyer on somebody that turned out to be a rock star? Yeah, I, it I could don't happen. I know who that could be. Like, it, and he just knows how to recruit Notre Dame players and he's found the perfect like like Notre Dame they I think them and I think them and Tennessee can recruit on the same level one of our friends uh, Talcott sent me a text or sent a group of us a text that said like the attraction to Fickles like I think he's Catholic and they're trying Notre Dame is trying to reinvigorate their Midwestern Catholic pipeline or Catholic you know, player pipeline. And it's like, that just sounds like they're going to be beat by like 40 points by some SEC team, right? Like that is, that's just not what you want to hear if you're a Notre Dame fan. Yeah, you got to go to California and you got to go to the South, Southeast. Yep. You know, and then you also like, you have to get the best players in the Midwest, but that's like Ohio State gets those. And it's really interesting too with with the transfer portal. Like what I'm starting to believe like cer- certain schools do have this like aura about them where if you insert a good head coach, it just amplifies it, right? But a lot of times these days, like kids aren't going to where the school is. They're, they're going to like a particular brand of football or like a particular head coach. And like, so that's like, that's like so important. So when I think of like, and it won't happen, but Lane Kiffin going to Notre Dame, like, man, what a home run hire that would be for Notre Dame. Because you can get certain kids to go there because they're like, eh, maybe like I'm not so attracted to Notre Dame, but I love Lane Kiffin. Yeah. And again, that'll never happen. Notre Dame will always be bigger than whoever they hire. Yes. It's, it's the, it's the brand of Notre Dame. And that's why Lane Kiffin is always bigger than whatever school he goes to. And Notre Dame just can't take that chance. They, yep. they would not, they can't chance it. Anyways, that's it. Was a certainly a wild weekend. Wild weekend with coaching changes, changes that no one really saw. But here we are. You know, the the off season started early, and it'll be interesting. So we've got Notre Dame and OU. Those are your two big big schools that need to hire coaches. Obviously, we will we'll keep an eye on it. We'll we'll see what happens next week or throughout this week and. Who knows? Maybe by the end of the week there will be two new coaches, you know, for those schools, and we'll we'll give our takes on that. But until then, we will will be <laughs> scouting the internet for all the different kinds of rumors. At least I will be for Notre Dame. Luke shaking his head no because he could care less. But as long as Heupel stays at Tennessee, Luke is happy. So happy, Heupel. So get happy. On the, it's not too late to join the hype train. It's still early. 
early days. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't. Yeah, need we'll to see what you say day. after a few years of Fickle. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who they hire. I I'm not sold on Fickle. I don't. I'm not sold that they'll hire him. But who knows? Time will tell. Anyways, this is. We need to take a moment of silence here. Just take a moment of silence with me. Why? Moment of silence. Why do we do that? For the last week of regular season college football. Oh, oh, that is. I got like half chills. That's so depressing. It's so depressing. We needed. To, we just needed to take a moment there, and kind of reflect on what a chaotic season it has been. And we started out the podcast saying, "This is gonna, this is the craziest season we we've we've ever seen." And then, just last week, we we come back into, you know, what maybe two weeks ago we say it's gonna be the same old teams as always, and it certainly looked like it could be that. And then we have the big upset to OU, and we have the big upset to Ohio State, and we are back to potentially one of the craziest Final Four college football playoff teams we have seen since the since the the beginning we haven't seen this before which which inevitably means the lowest viewership ratings no doubt absolutely but that little you know moment of silence we've reflected on it that brings us to this week which is conference championship weekend we have four games that are still very very impactful Let's start. We're gonna. So I, I should have prefaced this. We're gonna. We're gonna kind of give a little bit of a review on each game, and we're gonna give picks for really the four four main games. Those games being Baylor, Oklahoma State, Georgia, Alabama, Houston, Cincinnati, and Michigan, Iowa. Let's start with Baylor, Oklahoma State. This is a rematch in Jerry World. Oklahoma State's five and a half point favorites. They've beat them once this year. What do you like? I like Baylor plus five and a half. And, you know, I, I didn't watch the Big Ten too closely this year, so I'm not super read up on these teams. But I, I'm going to go two or three years back when Baylor played Oklahoma in in the Big 12 championship. This is pre-COVID for sure. And played them tight. And this Baylor team has a very solid defense. Oklahoma State could come out a little tight. I'll I'll take the points and and in many many of these games I'll take the points in these championship games just because I think teams get tight if they get up too much and I think some of these other teams play with nothing to lose so I'll take Baylor plus five and a half. Yeah, and we're different on this one. I've got Oklahoma State minus five and a half. I I just think I think they're a better team. I think they're kind of rolling right now. I th- believe Oklahoma State has one bad loss to Iowa State that was kind of middle of the season kind of came down to a last second play I just like Oklahoma State's team I like Gundy I do I do really like Baylor's coach I've been saying that for the last couple weeks I just I don't know I think five and a half the thing that scares me is this could turn into a defensive game right yeah where it just low scoring not enough points to be able to cover five and a half one so i've got oklahoma state minus five and a half i was going to put a little side note here how annoyed do you think baylor is that the fact they lost to tcu just a few weeks ago yeah they could be in it right and how annoyed is the big 12 because the winner of this game would automatically be in the college football playoff instead if oklahoma state wins they're in the playoff if Baylor wins, the Big 12 is no no longer in the playoff because I just don't think Baylor can jump enough teams with two losses. No, absolutely not. It would, it would sooner be a two-loss Bama team, right? Yes, absolutely. Or Ohio State even, but yeah. probably Bama. So the next, way you, you mentioned it, we have Bama. Number one, Georgia versus number three, Alabama. In Atlanta... We've got the spread at minus six and a half Georgia. So I think the spread went up a couple points from a few weeks ago, probably due just due to Alabama's tight game against Auburn, which realistically they should have lost that game. Yeah. They squeaked it out. They won in the new overtime rules are just ridiculous, by the way. I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. It hurts my head. I, When things change 
and you don't know about it when they come out and then you're <laughs> watching the change, I don't think it can mess with your psyche more than anything else because I'm... Was that the first I, time I you saw, saw it happen? Well, I kind of saw the, like, the Illinois-Penn State yeah. one. That was like nine overtimes, but I was looking at the box score and I was like, I, this, what is this? I don't... like. There's a, something wrong with ESPN. I like, kind of knew about the new change and then I'm watching it and it just makes me so angry. It's it so silly. so angry. You know, my biggest, rule. my biggest complaint is that they can switch sides, like in between these overtimes. So it's like one play takes so long, like just to like stay on the same end zone. Like at least then it's a little bit quicker. Like teams aren't running back and forth. And, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's so dumb. I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, we got, let's get back to the game. A little, little sidetrack. A little vent, vent session. Yeah, I needed it because those are the overtime. All right, I'm over, I'm done with it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Minus six and a half. I've got Georgia. I think Alabama has some issues this year. I think they've done a really good job to be 11-1. and one. I think they've been in enough games where they could have potentially lost. I think their O-line is one of their weaknesses, and that's one of Georgia's strengths. I think Georgia just beats them up. They, they're going to run the football. It'll be somewhat close. I think, I mean, we saw last week what happens when Bryce Young gets pressure. He struggled a little bit. He only completed 50% of his passes. I think, you know, there's obviously a must-win game for Alabama. It's not a must-win for Georgia. I don't think that matters. I think Georgia wants to beat these guys so bad. I think this is a 10-14 to point game. Man, I am excited about this game probably more than I will be about any college football semifinal or final or New Year's Six, whatever. Because bowl season's kind of blah sometimes with everyone leaving anyway. But this game is like, man, you're getting probably the Heisman favorite now because uh, C.J. Stroud lost and Bryce Young. You're getting Bama and you're getting six points. It's just, And like... I get it, like they struggled against Auburn last week and barely eked it out. But you could easily say like look ahead effect, which I I will say. The only thing is like, if this game is a month out, I feel much better about it. But only having seven days, six days to prepare for Georgia could be tough. What What I'm hoping for, and I'm taking Bama plus six and a half is that Bryce Young plays like a Heisman. He he's all over the place, play, making like Johnny Manziel type plays, and and that Bama's defense can kind of muster it together. But getting six and a half points with the Heisman with Bama, like I'll I'll take it. And I get like that's that's kind of probably trying to be too smart on it because Georgia's no game's been closed with Georgia. But man, this game's going to be really exciting. Yeah, you you, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you. This is the national championship, with with no Ohio State, probably no Bama in the college football playoff. This is the national championship. If you are a fan of watching the college football playoff, which I think we all are, we are rooting for Alabama to win this game so we can see a rematch. So in hard the national championship. That so would be so for fun. Alabama. It would oh, be that'd be so much better, game. right? Because then you'd get Michigan Georgia probably in the in the semifinal game, which would be a good semifinal game, but not the finale. Which is also hilarious because say, you know, hypothetical here, say Alabama beats Georgia. Georgia will then be the two seed, I think, and yeah. Michigan will be the three seed. It doesn't matter. They would play each other. I would if I'm Michigan, I would rather be the four seed. I would oh. rather play Bama than Georgia. Yes, but they can't do that. Like they have no way no, to like no, of drop not. a spot. Of not. Yeah, but I agree. But it's funny though because you could be a two seed and you wish you were the four seed. If that if that plays uh, scenario played out, it that's yeah. So whatever. Basically, moral of the story: clear your calendars for that game. It's going to be an exciting one to watch. I I I'm going to be missing that game. I, I you guys play during that? Yeah. So yeah, really, uh, there's, for everyone, there's a more important game going on. For everyone that doesn't, three. for everyone that doesn't know, Knicks on Real Salt Lake, and they're in the Western Conference Finals in the MLS. They've had a, a couple pretty exciting games, 
in in the last couple weeks. So, uh, first of all, good luck. Thank you. Because that's two, uh, this that's is pretty a, this fun. This weekend you you want to have you want to have two TVs so you can watch that game and our game. So, <laughs> exactly. Just a little plug. Just a little plug for for Real Salt Lake. Yeah. Thank you. It, weird. It's exciting. Uh, one win away from playing MLS Cup. So, not many times you can say that. Which. We'll we'll get back to the pottery. This is a nice little plug for yeah. for MLS and, and my <laughs> team here. All right, moving on to kind of another team we were talking about with Luke Fickle. We've got number twenty one Houston versus number four Cincinnati. Spread in this game is minus ten and a half. Who you got? I'm taking the points, and I'm starting to realize, like for some reason, when you put conference championship on a game, I'm way more likely to take the underdog, which makes not really a ton of sense, except for that I think they're going to play harder, or that these two teams are both in the championship, so they're both evenly matched. So I'll take the points, but I want to see this Houston offense play against the Cincinnati defense, and I think it could be, it could be interesting. Cincinnati will probably win, but when I have a high-powered offense, getting ten and a half points against a Cincy team that just, I think, is completely underwhelming. They've they've kind of turned it on late, but even that East Carolina game they played, that could have been very, very different, um, even though they won by 20. I'll, I'll take Houston plus 10.5. Yeah, and I think you, you – I agree with what you said. The points here, it's probably the right play. It's probably the smart play. And – I don't know if I'll actually end up taking this game, but for the sake of the, the pod, I Cincinnati's a team that I just can't really get completely off. I can't go cold turkey on Cincinnati. They've been a team I've been coming back to. For some reason, I, I just want them to do well, and I think they're more. Maybe it's because they beat Notre Dame. I don't know. I I like them. I I think. I think they'll cover here. I think they'll win by two touchdowns. I do not feel very comfortable with this game, though. So I, I'm not going to get too much into it. I, I think it's just the fact that I've seen Cincinnati play. I haven't really seen Houston play. Yeah, they've Cincinnati struggled. They've kind of turned it back on. I'm just rooting for them. So that's why that's why I chose them this game. So not 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 a ton of confidence in that pick. That's for sure. But if we move on to the final game big 10 championship we have michigan versus iowa the spread is 10 and a half i think this is iowa 10 and a half i've got iowa plus 10 and a half this is going to be a very boring football game like 14 to 10 21 to 13 something like that i think michigan ultimately wins i have i have a hard time for some reason, as crazy as this sounds, I think Michigan was more... They got up for that Ohio State game more than they'll get up for the Big Ten Championship and a potential spot for the college football playoff. I think this is kind of a letdown spot just strictly for, from an emotional standpoint. I find it very difficult for them to bring that kind of performance that they did last week two weekends in a row. I think Iowa's a solid team that... Everyone kind of discounted because they've looked they had a couple of stretches where they looked really, really bad. But at the end of the day, they've got two losses and still they've they've got a good defense. Their offense is very, very bad. Horrible. Don't watch this game. Just just ride the points with me. That's that's my take on it. Who do you have? <laughs> I'm I'm the opposite. I've got Michigan ten and a half, but I was just I was thinking about what you were saying, and I think it I totally agree that they got like they had that Ohio State game circled for a while and they were always going to bring their like whatever their A game was it was going to come out that game and you just think like when we played at Notre Dame like the it's so it's such a like culture is so important in these moments where you you win a big game and then you have maybe a less exciting game coming up like it depends like what the players do like do they like you saw the field right after the game, like it is flooded. Like you couldn't see any part of the football field. You know they went out Saturday night. You know Sunday they're hungover. You know Monday everyone's in good spirits and like joking around the locker room. And are they able to like turn it around and get focused in five days to come and play in a game that Iowa is certainly looking to you know to upset you know I mean how appropriate would it be? 
The one time Jim Har or Jim Harbaugh beats Ohio State, he loses to freaking Iowa, who can't score more than like twenty points in the in the Big Ten championship. So like, I think if Michigan does have have issues, it's like it's just such a culture thing. Like you should have better better culture around the program. That being said, I this is less about Michigan and more about Iowa. The over under for Iowa for me in this game is like three and a half points. I think that I think they are not scoring at all. It's okay. I'll give you the over under through the first three and a half quarters is three and a half because who knows what happens at the end of the game. But man, this Iowa team is so bad on offense. And like I what stuck in my head is just their Wisconsin game. And if they get behind early, it just continues to compound. And I think Michigan can get up on them early, and then it'll happen the same thing. And like you said, don't watch it. I think this game will get out of hand quickly, and then Iowa's offense isn't built to catch up. So I'm getting the analytics guy on Uh-oh. on this game, specifically the Iowa over under, the team total. What do you think their team total is? It's got to be, I'm looking at the real over-under, so it's like 22, so it's like 17. 17 and a half. So you think they're going to score three? Three and a half is the appropriate line. So the real play here is the Iowa under. I actually don't hate that, though. It's going to be, they're so bad on offense, especially if they're behind. Especially. I don't hate that. Their offense is not very good. Anyways, it'll set up for still, I feel like every single game matters because the teams, every single game matters. Really, there's five, there's five teams it matters for in this scenario. You've got four teams that it matters, excuse me. They all have to win. Alabama has to win to get in. Oklahoma State has to win to get in. Cincinnati has to win to get in. And then Michigan has to win to get in. So at the end of the day, like the games might not be the most exciting on paper, but they still, boy, do they still mean a lot. The only team that's a lock and a shoe in for the playoff is Georgia. It's true. So it'll it'll be a, still, it'll be very, you know, impactful with how these results play out. So that's our college football championship, you know, preview with our picks. Let's move on. It's a little shorter episode today, but let's move on to the snake draft of Christmas decorations. I just saw you Not- pull something up on your screen that made it look like you're starting to look up what you're going to draft. I <laughs> saw I your whole face list. illuminate. <laughs> I, I have my list. It's getting a little dark here, but I have my list. I, I came prepared. I'm not, not... I love Christmas time. I love decorating time, but... Are you decorated yet, like by the way? We're in the process of it. In we decorated... We decorated the day before we left for Thanksgiving so that when we came back, everything was decorated. Yeah. And I think that is like what the misuse will do from here on forever. As long as you're traveling, because if you ever host, like then it gets a little... Host, you never would. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, I was going to say last week's snake draft was awesome. Like it was, it just put me, it got me very excited for thanksgiving day this one i like i said i love christmas season i love decorating i love the christmas music i love everything about it just still not quite as excited as i was last week but we sorted it out before we started recording and i won the random generator so i'm gonna go first i'm gonna go christmas lights every the outdoor lights because there's a lot to it i'll say christmas light the outdoor christmas lights the different styles people do, the different colors people do. You know, people spend, you you go around and you always have a night where you go and just drive to go look at Christmas lights. If you have somebody in town, family members, there's always that one house, that one neighborhood that you're like, hey, you have to go check this out. This is awesome. They go, those people go insane. So that's why Christmas lights is number one. It's, you've got the people that go absolutely bonkers for it. And as a result of that, you spend an evening going to look at their house, even though you've already seen it multiple times. 
Do uh, you you own a house? I'm in an apartment. Do you do outdoor Christmas lights yourself? Yeah, so that's really kind of the process that I was saying, like we're decorating in the process. We've got pretty much the whole inside decorated. Now it's first year of putting lights on the house, kind of mapping out where the lights are going to go, what we're going to do. I have all the lights. Now it's time to get up on the roof and, and put them up. Good luck, sir. Is it snowing there yet? It's beautiful. 60 Snow? degrees. Oh, no, whoa. It's crazy. It's like Go 50, golf. But yeah, it's like 50. Um, okay, I'll draft next. That was my first overall pick as well. You happened to see my list before I before we it's got a, online. It's a, it's a clear I, number just, one. I'm just letting our viewers know that you saw my list and that was number one on it, so... I will draft. I'll let the listeners know that who puts their list onto a shared document. I would. I, I I thought you were an honest man from Notre Dame. I I see that you belong you, more with the Kiffins of the world. I told you right away, and I didn't. I that was, doesn't matter. That was a clear number one. Okay, next next Christmas decoration. Not one you need to pay any money for. Anyone can do it if you live in the right geography. That is the snowman. I, being in Chicago, it's actually interesting. We get a ton of snow, but it's not, and I didn't know this existed, but it's like powdery snow. It's not like comp snow that compacts. So you can't make like snowballs. You're, you from, can't, you're from Knox. Yeah, you get, you get like wet snow there and you can make great snowmen. But when I moved to, when I went to Notre Dame and then Chicago, like it's just not good snow. I don't know if it's like that in Kansas City or Utah. Utah's pretty powdery. It's yeah, great it sucks. place to ski, and that's why they love it here, because it's all powder. It's I think it's hilarious. I think it's just funny that you didn't know there was different kinds of snow. I didn't know. We don't go skiing. We did, you know, I was like, what? And I tried to throw a snowball at Notre Dame for the first time, and it kind of, like, blew up in my face. And I was like, what is going on? I remember the first time we were in Vince's, not the first time we were in Vince's Jeep, but the first time that we were doing the fishtails and you were in the car in Vince's Jeep and we were doing like crazy donuts and you were like, oh my God, this is the craziest thing I've ever been a part of. I thought the car was, was going like, to flip over. It was, I mean, that, those were some, that's what you can do though. With a little bit of power, you get a little, <laughs> little donut action. All right. Next pick and Man, I think I got two of the top three. The Christmas tree. I mean, this arguably should have been number first one. First of all, first of all, oh, okay. I would hope you would get two of the top three, assuming that two of your picks are in the top three. Okay, fair. What I meant to say is <laughs> any one of these could have been number one, and I got two of them. I don't know if they were high on your list or not, but Christmas tree maybe fell too far in the draft. But my question to you is a lot of people go back and forth on the type of Christmas tree, real or fake, how they do the lights, white or colorful, garland, ornaments. What is the, what is the, the Beesler slash Moresco household do for their Christmas tree? So our, are you talking about me personally? Yeah, in your Utah house. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, just, just double check it. So right now we, so we actually, right now the the owners that we bought the house from, they left a Christmas tree, like in their move. Mm-hmm. So, so it's fake. Last year, well, I, yeah. So last year we weren't here for Christmas. So we didn't like for the whole month of December, we were gone. So we didn't really decorate at all. So this is the first year we're kind of doing it. And we, we brought up the tree and it's a fake tree. And we, we decided since we still won't be doing Christmas here. We went with the fake tree. I think normally we'll go real tree with colored lights because that's what we have right now. We've got colored lights on the, the tree that we have is kind of sweet though. You can do like 10 different settings. You can do white, <laughs> you can do colored, you can do mix, you can do like them switching, you can do flashing. It's, it's crazy. Right now though, it's a artificial tree, fake tree with colored lights. I, I like the colored lights. I think those are gonna stay. Big colored lights guy here too. People, yeah, some people think it's like tacky. Too. Yeah, people think it's tacky, but like white lights is is you could have those up any time of the year, really. Yeah, in in smaller doses, but I think you got to go 
colored lights on the Christmas tree, colored lights outside for sure. Yeah, so what we kind of have going on right now is colored lights in the front yard and white lights in our backyard. Because we have like a little deck that we kind of just string lights oh, yeah. in, like one, one big tree that we put some white lights on just to spruce it up a little bit. I like it. So you see it all the way yeah. around. Exactly. That's, I mean, those were two good picks. I feel, yeah, wow. I actually didn't even think about the snowman. That's a really solid pick. I, I, I'm not feeling too confident here. <laughs> it's have, it's a drop off. Things. It's for sure a drop off. It absolutely is. I'm going to go with just Christmas scented candles. No, are you kidding? What? That was number two on my list. You know that was number two on my list. <laughs> I, That's I, such I, BS. I have... Well, I, I don't want to show you my list yet, but it's was fourth on my list. Oh, my Christmas gosh. scented candles. You can do this. I didn't steal this from you, I promise. Okay. You can do this any time of the year, really, right, with your scented candles. You can get your sweater weather candles. You can get your spring candles, your your, lily, your lilac flower scented candles. But the Christmas scented candles, that puts you in a mood. That's that. Like, it's very rare you get a like scented candle and you're just immediately go smell it and you think christmas you think of eating christmas cookies you think of you know sitting up by a fire listening to christmas music it's got it all christmas scented candles is a no-brainer and i'm up again you don't want to get lost <laughs> you do not want to get lost that's that's for sure oh man so I, i'm really stuck here i'm, I'm gonna just go with the Santa Claus is around the house. Okay. So especially as you as you start collecting, right? And Christmas decor, I feel like you just get a little bit each year and you get more and you get more. So like at my parents' house, I see the same Santa Claus that's 20-something years old. But you get all these different Santa Clauses that each one's kind of doing a different thing. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah, for we've sure. Got a, we've, we've got a Kansas State Chris, uh, Santa Claus. We have a Santa Claus that is a summer Santa Claus. That's like, who knows where we got it from? And a, a wide array of random Santa Clauses around the house. You, you put them everywhere. Put them in the bathroom. You put them in the kitchen. You put them in the bedroom. You put them wherever because you just have a, a hundreds of them. I yeah, I agree. About that pick. That's what that's like the tough thing that Aaron and I are going through is we want to have like I want I want the same feel as like our either one of our homes have, but like the the that feel comes from collecting decades of Christmas stuff. You know, that's mm-hmm. and, and and I'm like we can't buy like 10 grand of Christmas stuff in a year. Like it's just not going to happen. So you, it's just like it's the process of accumulating. Exactly. And it's the memories that like come with you. You get a new one. Yeah. You're like, oh, that one's cool. And then like 15 years later, you're like, oh, I remember that one. Like, the I don't uh, know. what we Nostalgia. did for the first what we did for the first time this year is we both got we ordered like stockings, and that was like that for me. That was like a moment where I'm like, whoa, like if you know we'll have a family and like have stockings, and like that was like always something that like you know at your parents' house, like everyone's got a stocking, but now starting like our own stockings like it i was like whoa tug at the heartstrings a little bit like this is like this is like a thing now but yep i agree okay so i'm rounding out the draft and next is gotta be stockings it's it's when you said when you said it i was like (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 got it is i mean it's I don't know how you guys did it, but we would always go, we always go like stockings and then presents when we were growing up. And to some extent still, my mom, I'm 30 and my mom still stuffs my stocking, stockings, you know? Uh, but stockings is just as much as part of the Christmas like tradition as like a tree has been growing up at least. Absolutely, that's a no brainer pick. For for the last pick, I'm I'm, torn part of me wants to go like a a wreath a christmas wreath but i just i don't want i don't want fern too much fern in my in my draft so i'm gonna go with snow globes and these are always something that like growing up like you get this is like part of the collection piece right 
and they only get brought out at Christmas. And it doesn't matter like how old you are, you're always going over, you're turning over the snow globe, you're winding up the, winding up the little music box thing and letting it go. Um, so snow globes for the seventh overall pick. It's a good pick. I, I, it's an okay pick. It's a unique pick. I, oh. I, I just don't how like at some point. I feel like the snow globes get dominated by other things, and you, and you almost stop putting snow globes out. Like they're fun to see at a store every once in a while, and you shake them up. But like, I don't know. Maybe I just don't. I don't really find. I don't think there's going to be enough space in the house for a snow globe. Hey, there's always space for a snow globe. I'm so you know, like gonna, a micro gonna, apartment, micro house. I'll, I'll give you a hard time, but it, it once you get hit and knock off the the obvious ones, it gets a little difficult. I went through the same process. I was thinking wreath, eh, whatever. You know, it's it's it like you you have to have a wreath, but it's just not exciting enough for me. Yeah, we have a wreath, but it's like too close to Christmas tree. I think. Yeah, and it, like wreath is for sure. It's it's a great piece of you know decor to have like you need to have it but it's just not exciting all right this is kind of outside the box here but part of my decor was like the like the christmas plate cookie jar holder yeah but like okay. you always have like the cookies out around christmas right yeah but it's like that's good by like, me Okay, so I don't even know how to describe it, but each family it's like what, has either what Rudolph comes and eats off of, and, and Santa takes that you you know leave the milk right next to you know right yeah or and, or it's the cookie jar, it's the big fat Santa where you put all the cookies <laughs> in, but like Christmas more so than any other holiday, and it's because of the nature of Christmas, it's like Christmas isn't just a day like Thanksgiving is, right? It, it's a whole month. Yeah. So you get all your you get all your decorations out, which is why we're having this in the cookie jar. December has to be, it's the month where there's, no matter what's going on, you always have cookies accessible to eat. It's just a baking month where no matter what, it's like cookies, more cookies, more cookies, and then Christmas comes and you make even more cookies. <laughs> and it's it's just, it's like a never ending cycle of, of having cookies out, whether it's in the cookie jar or just out on the plate. So that's my, that's my last pick of I don't know what's the what's what are you cookie jar slash cookie plate? Yeah, cookie yeah cookie holder cookie apparatus yeah. something like that. Yeah, Christmas yeah Christmas styled cookie holder. It's a thing because no one no one really I, don't, I mean I don't know any people who use cookie holders outside of or have cookie holders like out outside of Christmas and typically don't put cookies you, in you them put, if they you, do. You you put them in Tupperware or like yeah foil. yeah yeah you don't want them to go bad right. Yeah, and that's why in Christmas time, you one of the first things we bought last year was a big fat Santa that holds cookies. <laughs> yeah, we have the and same we thing. Bought, and we bought the cookie cutters that are Christmas, like the, you just you push them down and you make the yeah. Christmas trees, and you yeah, like you don't do that for normal cookies. But <laughs> you do it for you do it for Christmas cookies. No, I like it. It's a good so, pick. Thank you. It was a little outside the box. What I one of the picks that I I put on my list was the nativity. I, I had it too, scene. but I felt like I would be pandering a little bit. I put the nativity scene except for the complete, like, the reason that every kid would put the nativity scene is where, like, you put the cows on top of the roof and you you just, <laughs> like, your, your mom or your dad spends, you know, 10 minutes putting everything where it needs to be. And then you put the cows on the roof with, like, baby Jesus and <laughs> the, uh... you just rearrange the whole thing. The other one I thought about putting, but I couldn't in good faith put it since we don't have it up, is uh, mistletoe is probably like a pretty good one. But, yeah, you know, it's... That, uh, that's that's like the best party one. I it's like, like kind of controversial these days, right? Yeah. You, you really don't put them like too much around like your house just for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like day to day. But if you were to have a party, that's a very popular one. But yeah, probably a good one to leave off. Yeah, fair. Also, Fernie. Fern, yeah, yep. You stay, stay away from that. <laughs> I was also one of the things I was going to put. That's not It's not has nothing to do with Christmas decor, but it's almost like a feeling. Is just like a lit fireplace. Yeah, it's a good one. That's that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, but it's amazing how that, the fireplace feels different leading up to Christmas to like immediately after when all the decorations come down. It's like a totally different fireplace completely it's not as warm 
you're you don't feel that like giddy happy feeling as much like it literally just becomes a fireplace that's like all right this is this is hot but it's it is what it is <laughs> it's it's hot you know <laughs> yeah this is hot it's whatever all right that's all i got i think i mean i'm okay i think, I'm happy I think those are good it. lists yeah. i think I'm, I'm happy with it so we'll see we'll we'll put this one since it's the two of us we'll put this one out on the uh on instagram get a little poll for a minute see what people have to think if you have any Christmas decor items that you and your families always use that we miss, feel free to let us know. Um, why not? Engagement. We, we love the engagement from everybody. But that's going to wrap up our episode 13. It was great being back on again, talking some football. We will see you guys next week.